your health and fitness, your personal life, every part of your life, this podcast hopefully will help you achieve more, do more, and get to where you want to be. So just before the episode starts, I have just launched a new website called terryblackburnproperty.com. On there, I've got all of the services that I offer. So one-to-one coaching in business, property, time management, goal setting, sales, persuasion, loads of different things on there. I've got some online courses, some one-to-one coaching courses as well. So please have a look on there. Really appreciate your support. And if you want to get involved, you want some more specific help from me, you want some more one-to-one coaching and, and assistance from me to help you to get to where you want to be, it's all on there. Also got a couple of books on Amazon and Audible, The Be a Lion, which has won multiple awards worldwide now, and The Power of Peas is the new one, all about the different P words, profit, power, perspective, purpose, etc. I hope you'll really enjoy. One last thing from me, if you enjoy these podcasts and you benefit from them, you learn from them, all I ask is that you share it with your friends and family or someone who you think the episode is relevant to. You leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would massively help. The more shares we get, the bigger guests I can get on the podcast, the more people we can help and the more I can grow the show. So thank you so much. Get in touch if you like what you're listening to and don't just take notes, take action. Andrew Tears. He's starting to get high on his own supply and he believes his own bullshit. If you want to scratch your ego itch, I'll take you there. Mm. What about your HMOs? Um, I've heard your opinions on HMOs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they make money? Are they worth the headache? Is the risk worth the return? I believe there will come a point where me and you aren't that bothered about business anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another round of uh, Six Rounds podcast on uh, the Blueprint podcast platform. Today, I am very pleased to be joined with a special guest. So Terry Blackburn's joining us today. He is a very impressive investor, developer, hotelier, restaurateur, author, podcaster, genuinely all-round high performer and nice guy. And today, he's come to join me in the studio for Six Rounds, Daniel Hill versus Terry Blackburn. Let's go. Let's go. You kick off. Make it straight in. Yeah, yeah, straight let's go. In. Okay, so AI is a huge topic. Yeah. And you come across as one of those people who you seem to be a little bit ahead of the curve in a lot of topics and a lot of situations, certainly property from the content I've listened to you on. So what's your thoughts on AI and are you currently implementing it into any of your businesses now? And if you fast forwarded five to 10 years, what do you believe it will look like the business and property landscape? Spot on. So um, I think the thing with AI, the, the the sort of headlines, the first thing is it's obviously the next buzz. You know, every year there's a new buzz. Last mm. year it was crypto. Uh, we had dot-com boom. There's always something that's the new big thing that everyone wants to get on mm. and all investors are looking for something. So AI is definitely riding that wave. So the, mm. the benefit of that is there's obviously something there fundamentally that's going to work. The consideration is similar to blockchain. I'm sure there's something in there for the future but everyone's mm. going to ride this tailwind and a lot of people are going to catch a cold. So anything mm. with AI doesn't mean it's a, a great thing. Um, optimistically, I think like it's it combines the... When we talk about singularity or Elon Musk talks about at some point this AI robot intelligence mm. will overtake Take everyone. Over the world, yeah. Literally, yeah. And you just think that makes a lot of sense. And what we've done simultaneous to 
building technology is since 1995 we created the internet we've put we've literally spent our lives putting every single bit of data and information that ever existed on the internet so there's obviously something there what's it actually going to look like i don't know i think it's anyone's guess and i think the immediate thing is there's definitely quick wins mm. is it going to take over the world i don't know what do you think are you using it in any of your businesses yet so we use chat gbt yeah, quite so a lot right, yeah. Yeah. so even for creative now i'll sit there sometimes i, I actually wrote a marketing campaign once and and types into chat gbt mm. how would you create a 12 a 12 week marketing pro program to, to sell a three-day event and it hammered it out in about That's good yeah yeah as well hammered it out in about 30 seconds or mm. two minutes and with the exception of a few bits that i'd missed that i then add, added back in mm. it was bang on point so it was like i think it's very very clever we used yeah we use that and um, we use other things that you, you're seeing coming in now so do you use loom at all yeah well i've used it before i don't use it regularly you know, when you record the videos yeah. yeah yeah so it's like it's just a very effective means of communication but mm. now the ai will mm. title it and then it will chapter yeah, yeah. it and it will now transcribe it and if you think if you're going to write an operations manual you know if someone like you and i that's you know we, we, we know what we're talking about but we can't be bothered to sit down and write an ops manual record it for mm. three minutes it comes out with titles chapters all written a document you get your ea to put it into an ops manual that would have taken me a day back in the day. It probably takes me five, five, ten minutes now. Magazine articles, yeah, even things like Otter AI. So I dictate it rather than mm. write it, and that'll yeah, take yeah. me twenty minutes. And they're the sort of things we're using. And there's more advanced stuff for marketing now. Obviously, like mm. um, all this like creation of avatars, stuff like that. I'd say we're not, we're not using that just yet. Have you guys mm. started using anything? Yeah. So ChatGPT four, same as you. So I've wrote blogs on that, content on that, called emails, campaigns on that that have worked. Um, I've used it for podcast subjects and ideas for my podcast. So I honestly think it's it's amazing. I've wrote guides with it. Uh, I've got a new couple of websites coming out. I've used that for a lot of that. I've used it to create images. I used it to create a website and it wasn't the best. But how quickly it creates a website. There's some of them that literally you just put the, the, you know your business logo, your title, your color scheme, and it literally builds it out in a second. You know the image side of things. Have you yeah. tried doing the photo? Have you like have you used any of the advanced stuff with actually creating photos? Not where it makes you into an AI. I haven't done that one. Or even just that's... like so, I am invested in an AI company, mm. and uh, they came and did a presentation for oh, yeah. all of our property entrepreneurs, and they did the whole presentation. And at the end, they said uh, and they shared all the different tech that you can mm. use. And at the end, they said this one will create photo realistic quality images for whatever you want. You know, it might say. Show me a picture of Terry uh, with his top off, eating or drinking whatever you uh -huh. want, and it will do a photorealistic one. And he said, through this presentation, every single photo you've seen mm. is of people that doesn't exist. And the whole presentation was like watching a photo album. And he said, I'll oh, create a lodge in Austria, in Austria with a log fire. And it created this thing that doesn't exist, and it looked like a photograph. And you just think, that's crazy, mate. That's crazy. And what's it going to be like in five, 10 years' time? It's like you said, it, who knows? It's anyone's guess. But um, do you think it I, will supersede us? I'll have watched, I was going to bring this up because I've watched two interviews that were completely opposing. So one is saying, like, they're going to take over the world, they're going to kill off humans. You know, they're going to, you know, within 10 years, there's a high probability that that is going to happen, is what this interview said. The other one was like, it's only going to enhance the human race and it's going to improve every type of business. And don't get us wrong, I do believe it's going to kill off more jobs than the internet did. I do believe that, um, but I think the people who adopt it and, and, and use it are going to be the winners. And I think five, 10 years time, it's, 
going to be in every business, surely. It's going to be in every business. And the people who are refusing to use it, I think they're in danger, I, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've got to embrace it. And the people that do it quickly and do it now are going to move ahead and elevate even further ahead than the people that don't. It's like um, people that still aren't using overseas workers. You know, this mm, that when you've got that mental block of like, you know, when you're a laggard, like by definition in economics, they're called laggards, people who catch on later. Mm. By definition in their head, you know, they, they are laggards, they come on late. It's because they've got a mental block that it doesn't work. And I have that. So I'm not always a first mover. I'm an early adopter. Mm. I let everyone else run at it, see what works, and then I'll start to get on. So I'm not the first one. I haven't gone on threads. Have you downloaded threads? Mm. No. Nah. Nah, I'm nah. just like... I'm not jumping. Just up. another Twitter. I don't I'll have just, enough time for fads. Yeah. I let everyone do it, and if it sticks, then I'll, I'll jump in it. Yeah. And it's like VAs. I was like, I didn't. wasn't the first one to go into VAs, but now we have people all around the world working for us, mm. and yeah, and, too, yeah. and they're better than people in the UK, and they're cheaper. So it's like when you go into now a letting mm. agency that's not that's still using paperwork rather than mm. docs, and still having a team of people in administrators in the UK. I suspect there'll be that curve of. AI, mm. people who are still paying someone £50 a blog to write a blog, whereas ChatGBT will do it do for it free. seconds, seconds, yeah. Do you think it will, like, take out? Because the logic is, you know, it is so much cleverer than us. And it's not just replaced, like, I thought initially it would be um, high-volume work, like manufacturing, machinery, robots. But the first thing it's come in for is creative, isn't it? Mm. Like it's basically taking yeah. all that data and saying, here's the best way to write an email sequence or a blog. Mm. Where does it yeah. stop? Where does it stop? I don't think it will stop. I don't think it can because even if certain industries don't want to use it, there'll always be someone who wants to use it who will take over the people that don't. And I think I, I just think it's unstoppable. Did you say that stat about currently? I think well, this is about a month ago, so it's probably even more advanced now. ChatGPT four was more intelligent than any human who's ever lived. So the highest IQ ever was something like two hundred and something. It was already at three hundred and something. And it said every, I don't know if this is right, by the way, just my memory, it was something like every X amount of months, it doubles in intelligence. So in 10 years, it'll be a billion, with a B, a billion times more intelligent than any human ever. So what does that create? Does that create, can this can they cure diseases that we can't? Can they solve mysteries that we can't from back in the day? Are they going to come up with loads of new stuff? If they're that, more in, that much more intelligent, like then you start going down a bit of a rabbit hole when you yeah, start. Yeah. But like, but that, but it, it's not going to stop that. It's doubling whether we like it or not. So, like, what what does the future hold? It's 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 scary in one sense, but it's also exciting in another because if we can adapt it into our businesses, and property businesses, other types of businesses, other industries, what does that mean? Do you get more excited or more intimidated by it? Do you I'm generally optimistic in every part of life, so so I'm excited about it. Nice. And and I do feel like I'll probably be in the in the top 10% of people who adapt it. I think certain people will never adapt it, whether regardless of what we see or what they learn or what's in the news, they'll never adapt it because they're stuck in their ways and they don't like change. Some people will are already adapting it more than us. But I think I certainly think I'm in the I'm towards the higher end anyway in terms of quickly adapting it and using it. I'm really open to using it. That's good. Um and I think you have to be. I think when it drops off, especially with the economy the way it is at the minute, when it drops off and there is that gap between those that do and those that don't. It mm. won't just be uh, it won't just be a small difference. It will be these guys can still make money. And let's say, for example, we we're talking about hotels earlier. You know, mm. costs going through the roof for labor, uh, materials, uh, food, and it's like if AI comes in and can can run through the till. Obviously, AI is going to be leveraged by 
all different companies in their tech, like we said about Loom. Mm. If you can put it into your restaurant and all of a sudden there's, it, it gives you zero wastage. The sh you, you need half as many chefs because it doesn't rely on them all knowing how to cook. It says put that item on that grill or they start to make some of it mechanical. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, I think when it does step change, if you don't get on it, it will be visible and it will be significant. Mm. It does concern me more than excite me, I think. I think because I'm not a first mover and I don't get excited by that stuff. Like the guys that I mm. know that I've invested in who are running these companies, they absolutely love it. I want to talk about it all day. Mm. And I'm just like, crack on, do your thing. But I just think, do I'm quite happy with the human race, how it is. I quite like log fires and I quite like... So do I, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you just think, when you say it's the smartest thing that ever existed, of course it is. Like we pride mm. ourselves on how much we know, right? We've spent mm. our whole lives, like three decades, learning stuff. And that's our com competitive edge. Mm. If now knowing stuff is at zero value because there's an app or a plugin or whatever and, it, and everyone knows everything, it's like, wow, mm. how do we compete now? My only thought on that is because I've, I've thought about that. And where I think we'll still win is the personality. AI hasn't got a personality. I mean, it might develop well, one. Who have knows? You have you heard, well, Who knows? Have you seen the sex bots? I've, I've certainly haven't got one, if that's what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, well, we're <laughs> talking about, about like, them, yeah. creating these sex bots that literally, like, they well, do everything you want. have a conversation with them. Yeah, you can do anything you want. They wow. know you. They don't argue with you. They know if you need uh, congratulating. They just create the perfect thing, and it's like... But surely you don't want a relationship with a fucking robot. Well, we say that. Well, obviously, yeah. I'm, <laughs> so, so no, I'm not a, seeing you. A friend but... told me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. Uh, we're going to go into uh, deals. You strike me mm -hmm. as someone who does lots of different deals, and mm -hmm. I uh, would love to do loads of different deals. Like mm -hmm. I find it sexy, exciting, the new thing. Mm -hmm. I always want, I want this and I want that. But I've been really disciplined and sort of same way as maybe my relationships. My relationships last years rather than weeks, mm. and my strategies tend to last a decade rather than a few months because I tend to like master one and do it lots of times. You've had lots of exposure to lots of different deals. I'd just really be mm -hmm. intrigued in what are the different types of deals you've done, what works well, what are you doing now, what are you not doing? Mm -hmm. What? Yeah, just tell me about deals. So started off with Bite Let's, as most people do. Went into HMOs, um, then into Airbnbs, city centre and more rural. Then went into uh, small hotels and then bought a larger hotel. And the larger hotel had a bar and restaurant in it. As you're seeing off camera is hospitality is a very challenging gig. That's for sure. Probably the most challenging business I've been involved in. Glamping site, which again is a kind of a, it's Airbnbs, isn't it really? Just on a bigger scale, but it's a site with a cafe on site as well. So we bought that business that was operational. So it was already an active cafe and it had land, which we built the glamping pods around it. Um, I've got, well, I was involved in a mortgage brokers and life insurance brokerage from uh, age 24 until last year, which I exited. Um, I've did loads of different things and I haven't noticed this about myself. I'm one of those that I get a little bit bored, a little bit too easy and I try the next thing and I still try and master each thing. And I don't generally jump to the next one before I feel like I've got a good enough, I wouldn't say master, but certainly a good enough understanding where I can delegate and systemize it. And what attracted um, you to some of those spaces? Cause you know, like hotels um, is, yeah, I mean, there's. I'm not gonna lie. Is it like an ego part, piece, part, or is part it of it? I wouldn't say it's an ego piece, piece, but, but it, part of it. I'm not gonna lie. Part of it is definitely that I want to be perceived to be doing big things. I, I think anybody that says they don't want to be perceived in a good light, in a positive light of, in terms of growing as an entrepreneur, I don't think they're telling the truth if you say you don't want to be perceived in that way. I do, 
Um, I also still look at the numbers. I still act with logic, not emotion. I still run the numbers quite heavily before I do anything. Um, so yeah, that, that's what attracted us to it. But I do, I've always also noticed about myself, I like challenges. I do like that. And I do like something new. As long as the numbers back it up and it, it, it's looking like a good idea, logically, um, I do like trying new things. Sometimes to my detriment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that Monopoly mindset, but by the way, is like, we all have that. Like mm. that Monopoly I mindset so, of yeah. like, when I started buying private schools, I was like, I can't wait to tell people I'm buying private schools. And then when you've actually bought them, do you find the romance is quite different to the reality? Definitely with the barn restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, it was pretty cool to see I've got this big hotel with a barn restaurant in, but then when you started doing weekly P&Ls and in January, for example, when bars and restaurants are, are, are hit heavily anyway, plus you add in the economy, the cost of living and all these other things and staff costs more, ingredients cost more, electric and gas costs more. When you start looking at the P&Ls, the, ro the romance and the buzz definitely yeah, yeah. dampens it 100% because I am a businessman. I'm a businessman more than a property man. Okay, that's for that's sure. Um, Would you say your fa like favorite type, of, either favorite type of deals or or probably and or like most lucrative? Like what mm. deals, when you look back over your whole career, what would you say are the deals um, that have been absolute winners? The BRR stuff, I just love. I love when that end valuation comes in and you work out your LTV and you can pull out all of your money and then some. Like I think that... I like negotiating up front and I like that side of it and getting the deal. And then when that valuation comes in on the BRR, once you've done the work, that is a mint fee. In my opinion, that is one of the best feelings in property because you're like, I've just got all my money. That's a free asset. It's going to pay us for however long. That that I love. And I've done loads of them. Um, 30 odd maybe. Um, you still doing them now? Yeah, I mean, I, I said I've come. I've done a little bit. I've I'm doing less deals this year because I've had the, some big ones obviously ongoing and I need to get the glamping site. I need to get the hotel, the barn, restaurant. What's profitable. the finance like in that space? Like I watched all of your site get developed on obviously for Instagram and stuff like that. Mm. And it, I mean, obviously it looks world class. But I was thinking like you must have an investor in for that like or yeah, yeah. are you using your own cash? Because like I can't imagine how you'd fight. Like we used to have a glamping company. Mm. I was just thinking I can't imagine but yours is like really big compared to mm. ours. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, how do you finance something like that? So uh, this is a definitely a, a downside of it. So we agreed the site in 2021. Do you when, own it or lease it? Own it, yeah. Okay, so nice. So we bought the cafe and the land. How much land? Um, 1.9 acres. Okay. Um, so yeah, we bought that when rates were great. To get that money said, in principle, we'll do the exit. And this is when base rate was yeah. 0 0.1 or whatever it was. By the time we finished the build in opening February this year, obviously the world is completely different. Commercial lenders wouldn't touch it. Everyone's now seeing one or two years books. So if I look at private finance options, um, it was exactly the same as the hotel. The two just so happened the two biggest deals I've ever done were all both at the same time, both when commercial lending just went down the pan. So I actually had to get a private investor to do a first charge on the hotel because all the main banks are either you're talking 10 plus percent. Yeah. Or uh, I managed to get 8% from a private investor to take a first charge. But most I've seen you need at least one year's books. Most need two. I mean, commercial market at the minute is literally the red it's zone. Ruined. It's like... It's ruined. We've had schools, I've put, had school deals we pull out from. I've had companies I've been selling. Just had to pull mm. out of private offices, commercial lenders. Even if they're charging 12, 13, mm. 14%, at the last minute, pull out from ridiculous things. They just don't want to do, they just don't want to take the they risk. Don't want it, yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's, exactly. that's going to be short term. That'll mean 
commercial prices will just tank. Mm. Everyone will come back in and get more confidence. And then hopefully commercial Susie Carter, who's one of our board members, she says she's been in commercial for like 20 plus years, knows mm. it inside out. Um, she says it's like one of the first to drop, but it's also one of the first to come back. So it's like there's, there's definitely deals to be done. But that uh, that's reassuring because I, I did look at it thinking I have no idea how I would do a deal like that right now. Mm. What about your HMOs? Um, I've heard your opinions on HMOs. <laughs> um, <laughs> love them, they hate them kind of thing. But um, I, still, I still like them. I don't... Do you think they make money? Are they worth the headache? Is the risk worth the return? In in my opinion, in the way I've structured them, they are for me just because I don't get involved in any of the management. I've got girls in-house that do all of the management. I don't get involved in the tenant in and out and the void and all of that. I don't get involved. They negotiate on my utility contract. They do everything. So I don't really, I just do a monthly p and that, that, That's all I do with, with the battle and HMOs. But I definitely get your point. And a lot of the things you're saying, I believe, are right, is like the void, the 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 tenant fine fees every time they, they're in and out that they, they are they're not as good as battlelets in my opinion well if, that's a good inter- if, that's interesting that's interesting is that your was that your stance you think battlelets are better now for my stage in my life and my career I would prefer if I could have a hundred battlelets or hundred HMOs I would have a hundred battlelets yeah bang them well that's I mean that's the interest that is the key point for anyone listening is when I say I hate HMOs it's like now at my stage in my journey I can't think of anything worse mm. but at the beginning I had two hundred rooms myself and you know, the idea of making 10 grand a month was like, this is amazing. Mm. I'm happy with the tenants drinking each yeah. other's milk. Yeah. Nowadays, I'm like, I would rather have one grand a month. <laughs> um, Definitely. And Less hassle. Yeah, yeah. It's But it's part of the course, right? Mm. And, and that's what I like about your contact. Gears. I like the fact that you say you go through that, getting the HMOs to get the cash flow, but then once you've got it at that stage, then you don't need any more. But a lot of people don't, and me included, I just kept going and going and going with the HMOs. So I ended up with a thousand rooms and I made less money at a thousand rooms than I had at 500, 400. So it's like... scaling's not always the answer. And that's a really good point. I know you've talked about that before. And I think a lot of people don't realize this. And even if you tell them it at the start of your journey, you won't agree with it. Yeah. You just won't until you've got the rounds under your belt, until you've got the experience, you actually realize, you know, it's good to have a mixture. I do like to diversify, hence all the different things that I do because I'm de-risking myself by doing other stuff. But definitely, if I, if I had to choose vital letter HMOs, it would be vital letter. Yeah, interesting. And more revenue doesn't mean more profit. Like as businesses no. grow, it's more overheads. And it's definitely. like the, the yield compresses. But equally, you know, like we are talking about the the monopoly mindset, like I've got, I'm invested in a company at the minute and they want to go national. And I'm like, guys, if you want to make money, we, we stay where we are. We, we, we go mm. to the next step. If you want to scratch your ego itch, I'll take you there. I guarantee it's going to be ball ache. You're going to have scars. Stress. It's going to make less money. It's going to be stressful. But if you've got to do it, you've got to do it. I'm sure you felt mm. like that. Like In fact, like you said, before we kicked off, you, you're, you're shifting gears now, but you've only done that because you've got it out of your system. You couldn't have done, you couldn't have changed gears three years ago, five years no, ago, could I you? I mean, Bespoke Financial, which I exited last year, had a, over 120 self-employed sales, <laughs> sales staff, not just that, sales staff. Do you know what they're like? Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was mental. And at the time when you're in it, I was like, I love this. Well, then I've, honestly, it was well, for majority of the, so I set up 2014, exit, so what's it, nine years, eight, yeah. nine years. Certainly for 75% of that, I loved it. Exactly. And towards the end of it, I felt like I was coming to an end of it and I wanted different things and I didn't want the hassle. I didn't want the constant, that phone never stopped ringing. You can imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly people, what we had. It, it's, it's full on. But that's just your evolution as a as a businessman or businesswoman, isn't it? And that's a half the fun. Person. We're not yeah. entrepreneurs yeah. to do the same thing day in day out. It'd be interesting to explore what profile you are, but maybe mm. we will or, or won't come to that. Mm.
Right, over to you. Last round. So, um, controversial one. Okay. So, um, Andrew Tate. Okay. If uh, he's probably, certainly from what I can see, he's the most, he's pumping out more content than I've ever seen anybody do. Certainly over the last couple of years, he's went to the most Googled man on the planet. Um, and a lot of his message, I must, ag- I must admit, I agree with. Certain things I definitely don't. But what's your views on Andrew Tate? Probably well, from the headline you've given there. I mean, it's a really good ex- example. There's, there's people in the property industry that are fantastic marketers. You think, how on earth do people follow them? How on earth are they doing deals? How on earth are they selling courses? But it's like they're good at marketing. So Andrew mm. Tate is the self-proclaimed most Google man on the planet. I don't know if anyone's ever backed that up, but it's it's part of the game, right? You know, what's mm. your claim to fame? Like Nottingham, the canal house, it's called the, the Nottingham's biggest uh, canal-fronted bar. Mm. Which and nobody's actually questioning the fact that it's Nottingham's only canal sided yeah. <laughs> bar. So it's like you've got to play the game with that. I think Andrew Tate's like I think I'd agree. I listen to some of his stuff and actually find it quite motivating and quite inspiring because mm. it, yeah. it is quite against the current. You know, the fact that you're a man, you want to go out and provide for your family, you want to be a, a warrior, if you like, in his words. Mm. You know, you want to be strong, you want to go into battle, you want to feel good. You don't want to, you know, it doesn't matter how sort of. Uh, I don't know if cosmopolitan is the right word, but how like 2023 we are, we don't really, a lot of people, a lot of us don't really want to be crying into pillows and like mm. getting soft. We want to be yeah. well-rounded and connected and we don't want to be alpha males when we're not, but you know, you want that stuff. But I like a lot of the things he says equally. He says things that are polarizing and he probably crosses the line. Um, but then you've got some academics coming up now. You know, there's some topics recently, obviously he, he really pushes the envelope when he talks about, relationships with women, physical, mental mm. engagement, conflict, abuse, other topics which are like I probably wouldn't even table. And it's in on face value, it's really crossing the line. But there's actually other academics now coming back around who are like, these are like long-standing veterans of personal development psychology saying, supporting some of the stuff that he's mm. saying. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, I would say... Some of it is there's, there's that thing as well, but the difference between um, masculinity and like, is it misogyny? It's like mm. understanding the difference. And I, I think it's controversial for a reason. Um, I think there's value in there. I think what he's done is pretty impressive, but equally there's no smoke without fire. And if he was mm. in prison in Romania, then released on house arrest, my understanding is now he's been charged. It's like maybe he's being com- completely manipulated and the matrix mm. has got him or maybe mm you know, he's starting to get high on his own supply and he believes his own bullshit and he's crossed the line mm. and it's, you know, the, it's coming home to roost. So that's my view. What's yours? Yeah, I think like like pretty pretty similar to yours. I think the main thing I get from him and the main thing that really, really stuck with me was when he says things like, regardless how you feel, whether you're happy, sad, upset, depressed, ecstatic, however you feel. Get shit done. Get it done. And that was honestly, when he said that, I was like, that is so good, that. Because some people don't go to the gym when they are lacking energy or they're tired. Oh, you and I. When, I mean, how many times yeah. do we say, oh, I'm having a bit of a slow day today or like... But well, yeah, it, and, but that happens to everybody. If you think that you're never going to have days when you're lacking energy or you're tired, then you're deluded. Everyone has those type of days. But the difference between, I believe, one of the differences between the elite and the average will be people that the elite just do what is needed to be done regardless of how they feel. And I think that's such an important message. And he says to go to the gym, healthy body, healthy mind, have a strong mindset, an iron mind. 
all of that I completely agree with. Completely okay. agree with. He's big into making money. He's big into... He says a couple of things similar to what you said about taking money off the table. Like, don't leave it in the business bank account because it just gets reinvested or spent at some point, doesn't it? And a lot of people get that wrong. And he talks about that. He talks about speed. If you've got an idea, do it. Don't procrastinate. Run with it. Honestly, I think there's so many things that he says that are absolutely bang on and people need to hear. But obviously then he says things that are controversial on purpose to elevate himself and he's, he's well, influence. Um, but you've got to, I've got to admire him for that. And and obviously if he's done anything wrong, then then obviously that changes my view on him. But I don't think he has. And he was like three or four times world champion kickboxer. kickboxer yeah. You know, that that is not achieved without... Discipline, I mean, hard yeah, work. Yeah, I mean, the basics of it are, it is, it's discipline, it's hard work, it's getting up and not do, you know, doing what you have to do, not because you want to. Like I had to be mm. in the studio today at nine, so my driver picked me up at 7.30. My missus is away, so I was out walking the dog at six. I had two deadlines to hit, which, which I was doing at five, which means I had to get up at 3.30. And it's like, I wouldn't do that every day. I didn't want to do it. But in my head, it was like, I can't not walk the dogs. I can't miss the deadline. I can't mm. not have my breakfast. It's like, you do what you got to do and you get it done. Whereas it'd be very, that would have been a perfect example. Where I thought, oh, you know, it'd be fine. Leave it till tomorrow. But but some people would. I think most people actually would have not done what you've done. just said there. I think most people would sack one of those things off and get up a little bit late. Oh, we'll just think I've got too much on. I can't do this. But that's I why we're most, sitting here, isn't it? Well, like, yeah, exactly. But if more people heard that message, I believe it would. It's not going to change everyone. Some people are do, just do you think? For, do you think it would? In, so this is a really good question because I listen to it for motivational stuff. If I'm going mm, to the gym I do, yeah. and I'm not up for a workout, I'll listen to Joe Rogan or I'll listen to Andrew mm. Tate talking about just get shit done, turn up, even if it's... And sometimes, I, like on Saturday, I was absolutely exhausted from the week. I'm doing a weight cut. I didn't have the mm. energy to do a leg workout. I thought, fuck it, I'm going to get up. I'm going to have my breakfast. I'm going to I'm gonna go down there regardless of the fact I didn't want to do it. And it turned out to be one of my best workouts like in the last few mm. weeks. I was like, this is crazy. You can get it get it done. And will a lot of people say that the workouts that you do like that are the ones where you really get results, where you really actually grow or you change or you lose weight or whatever. It's the times when you don't want to do it and you push yourself to do it. Um I honestly think that's the difference between a lot of the elite and the average. And and if you can adapt that in every part of your life, not just fitness, it work if you're in sales, like the worst part about sales, I'm a heavy sales background, I love sales, everything about it. Um, the worst part about sales is ringing new clients or cold calling. It's hard on the phone. It is hard because you get loads of rejection, loads of negativity. But if you only made those calls when you felt good, you wouldn't be a very good salesperson. So you can apply that to sales as well. You can apply it to if you don't want to have a conversation with an angel or you don't want to go and do viewings or you don't want to do your research, you don't want to sack a member of staff. If you know that you need to, you just got to get it done regardless how you feel about it. You've got a duty to your own business and your own goals to do it. Yeah, and, and the outcome is you end up with these life skills of, you know, you, you, um, for people who are listening, this is the first time you and I have ever met mm. personally. Yeah, yeah. But you've just rolled into the studio, don't know anyone here, confident, engaging, because it's not an unfamiliar environment to you, mm. meeting new people. You've put yourself, you've made yourself uncomfortable so many times. Something like this is a piece of cake. Mm. You're not ringing an inv- angel yeah, yeah. up trying to win 8%, 2 million quid because you can't get commercial lending. <laughs> exactly. It yeah. develops you as a person until you get that genuine mm. confidence where you, you trust yourself. You know, you know you can do things. Putting it back to your topic, do you reckon Andrew Tate is legit? Legit in what sense? In, I, su- I suppose in... like not necessarily on the like, is he, has he crossed the line? More like there's always a, a difference between the perception and the reality. And you know, mm. he talks about making hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And I did hear, 
I, I thought that was inflated and I thought it was just this classic, you know, beating his own chest. But I did mm. hear when he got nicked, they confiscated like 350 million pounds worth yeah, of, yeah. of crypto. And I was thinking that is, if he's achieved that legit, mm. that is very impressive. Yeah. If that's true. I, 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 I think there's a, a, a decent probability that he's done some sketchy things in his past to, cause he's got casinos in Romania, you know, that, industry is kind of you just kind of assume rightly or wrongly that there's a little bit of shadiness somewhere in that game don't you and he's had webcam studios you assume that there's a little bit of shadiness involved in that but even to get up but to think, three, 350 yeah, million I, I it's know, like yeah. he, he, he bought a lot of bitcoin didn't he when it went right down he actively promoted that and um i mean that's I, playing the game isn't it? So yeah it's like i mean play. i must admit i've never I've never, I don't do Bitcoin. I've never even done it. Don't understand it, so I didn't do it. But but he done that, and he actively promoted this videos where he said you should be buying now, when he bought when it was at four thousand or whatever it was at, and well, he, ten, play, he yeah. 10x'd it. So I do think there's definitely huge elements of what he says is is legit and right. And I think anybody who gets to that stage of wealth, you've got to admire and you've got to give them credit for it. And Obviously, the only time that wouldn't apply is if it was dodgy, if he's done something that's untoward or screwed people to get that amount of money. But I don't think he has, in my opinion. Nice. Yeah, I think it, a good one. It's definitely a controversial topic. Mm. But equally, you and I clearly got value from listening to some of it. You've got to go into these things with your eyes open. Yeah, man. Right, next one. Uh, we've had some crossover with the ones that we've just talked about. So I'm going to go for... Uh, Let's have a chat about life. Mm. So life, the game, family, mm -hmm. going through the motions, like with regards to like the way you live your life, what goes on in your head, your attitude mm. to family life, business. Give me some insight. What goes through my head? Um, I mean, I've got four kids. Um, and Was that always the part of the vision or? No, definitely okay. not. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I love my kids to bits, by the way. I wouldn't change them. But honestly, I know you haven't got kids, so you can't really comment too much on the kid thing. But like, I honestly believe it's harder than any business, even harder than hospitality. It is honestly, they, they are, it's so hard. I'd be worth easily three, four, five, ten times more than what I'm worth now if I didn't have kids. But I wouldn't change that. The, the, the become your reason why, or part of your reason why, I would never say something like, my kids are my world. You know, people say that. I don't know. They're not my whole world. That implies that I've got nothing else going on in my world. Like they are part of my world. Yeah. And I love them to bits and I want the best for them. And what I, one thing about kids, I, I, someone said to us, and this really struck a chord was the last third of your life when you have children is filled with life. So your kids are having kids. You become the granddad or grandmom or whatever. It's full of parties, christenings, events, birthdays, and all of that. Whereas if you don't have kids, the last third of your life, so 60 or 90 or whatever it is, it's filled with death because all your friends are dying. You're going to get probably ill. Your partner's probably going to get ill. Everyone you know is getting ill. And that really struck a chord with me because I'm really looking forward. Not that I'm wishing my life away. I'm looking forward to the period where they're older and they can bring their partners to the house. They have kids and all of that family life because I believe there'll become a point where me and you aren't that bothered about business anymore. We'll still be interested in it, but not maybe as much as we are now. And I think with age, that'll that happens to pretty much everybody. Yeah, you don't I believe. Don't want to be left with if that's your yeah. only 
interest and it goes. Yeah. It's like if you're a sports person, it's the only thing you do and you get injured. It's like, right, now we're mm. drinking drugs. You know, that's pretty much where get they all turned, end up. They get depressed that. and they get, yeah, exactly. Pulling out a couple of bits that you said about. So, you know, if you hadn't have had kids, you'd be worth three or four times. Mm. In your Easy. like life and mindset, where does that come as a barometer of like when you think about net worth and how much you're worth and how big the game you're playing is? Mm. How much of that is important to you or how does it, how does it, where, where does it come into your life? It was definitely more important at the start. And I must admit, like, I'm always honest. At the start, all the only reason I got into business and property was money. Yeah, I wanted to be rich. I'm not, not going to lie to anybody. That is the sole reason. It was not because I enjoyed selling life insurance and then none of that, like helping the clients and all that. I, I've got to be honest, like, it was just about money. So then when you get into property, it's, you you know, the postcode of every property, don't you? You know, you do the refurbs yourself or you do everything yourself, you're dead hands on and you monitor your cash flow. And you get up to a, a stage where it's normally 10 properties or it's three grand a month or something like that, isn't it? Everyone wants that first. And then it becomes less and less about the money. And once you get to a stage where there's more than enough money coming in for you to live comfortably and do what you want and have your holidays and whatever, it becomes less about that. So, so what does it become about? That's down to the person, I or believe. You, 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 you. For me personally, yeah, yeah. Um, it's changed quite a bit, but only up until last year, until I had the my youngest child, um, I wanted to get to a thousand properties by the time I was 45, uh, up until I had the baby. Now, that, that couldn't be further from what, what I want. I definitely don't want a thousand properties. I'll take a thousand by lets, but the amount of effort that that is going to require to get there, I don't think I need to go that big. And do you think that was um, your sort of vision and aspiration was that you... You wanted to own a thousand and like when you got there, it would be, you know, it finally would have made it or, or is it, was it more, you just needed a target to set. So you did it. So, so it just took you on that journey. Yeah, I definitely need a target. I do, I've, at the start, I did think when I get a 10 properties, I'm done, I'm retired, I'm set. I don't need to work anymore. But you're young. Well, normally you're young when you're at that stage of thinking like that. But definitely it's just a target now because it, I don't think when I get there, probably if I did really go for a thousand, I'd probably get an eight or nine hundred and then I'd want two thousand yeah, or five thousand. Yeah, you always move the goalposts before you score the goal yeah. kind of thing. So it's not really about that. I just, I, I'm a salesperson. That was my, that's how I started to make good money. And that's my, in my DNA sales. I love everything about it. And salespeople need a target. So I need a target in my personal life. I need a target. What in, targets have you got at the minute? If we're parking a thousand rooms. Yeah, so property-wise or business-wise, you were talking about? Well, just throw some out. Fitness, health, life. So it's changed kids. It's changed again. <laughs> no more kids. That's it. Four is the max. I swear you Definitely. said that. We spoke, like, you interviewed me a couple of years ago, and I'm sure you said three then. Yeah. I thought you said that was it. Yeah. How did you, yeah. was it Was it planned that you thought? No, no, it wasn't planned. No, no. Okay, so I've, I've got two kids and my ex-partner. Yeah. And Louise, my partner, has got a son to her ex-partner. Yeah. So then we had one together. So it was nice. the right thing to do, having one together, because... She's definitely the one and all that. We're going to go get married and do all that thing. So um, so it was right to have one together, but debt were firmly said no more. Cool. Like no nice. more. I don't want to get the snip, but uh, no more. Cool. And then ta so, targets then, so yeah, sort so, of business, so, life. So targets, I've got a profit target across all companies for the year. A um, little bit behind target, I must admit. Um, but we'll get, we'll be, we won't be far off it. Um, Property-wise, I actually don't have... A, a property target this year so this year for me was very much about getting me sleep back on track after the baby yeah on getting the best shape i've ever been in which i'm probably in now um and make all the businesses profitable and i've just 
put a new target and I want to make X amount of money from online. Okay. So whether that's courses, coaching, content, I've got a target. So a lot of my focus is on that right now. Um, but they are all specific targets. It's monetary. It's a target that I want to get to. And just to confirm, like, like you said about salespeople, it's all part mm. of the game. Is it? Is that just part of the game? You love playing the game of business and it's like, right, what game shall I play this year? Or is there a degree of elusive there of like, oh, this will make me happy. And then you do it or you don't do it. And then it's like, right, no, I'm going to do this this year. Mm. I definitely don't chase happiness from business because I've learned it. I don't think when you sell a business, don't get as wrong, it's a nice moment, but it's short lived. I don't think a business can make you happy. I think if you're looking for a business to make you happy, that I think that you're setting yourself up for a fail. Um, so I don't think like that. No, I just think I want to just keep doing things that I enjoy with the people that I like and enjoy working with. Although sometimes you've got to do things you don't want to do, like Andrew Tate said. Yeah. Um, but I just I just want to do what I want on my terms. And as long as I'm making good money and progressing, I love the feeling of progression. I don't know about you. Progression makes me happy, but I'm not chasing happiness. I'm chasing progression. And which part, which part of it? Is it having progressed or is it you enjoy the growth process of learning new things and being challenged. Yeah, I think I enjoy the process, yeah. I think that's that's something that you want to try and do. If you if you focus on end goal too much, you lose track of what you're doing and you fo- and when you get there normally, it's nowhere near as good as you think. And it's not actually what you think it is. So if you enjoy the process along the way, so I love going to the gym. I absolutely love it. I would never stop going to the gym unless I physically can't. I love going to the gym. And yes, I want my body to look a certain way. And I focus on that to a degree, but I, I enjoy going to the gym and doing my sets and doing my reps and trying to get stronger or trying to get faster or whatever, trying to beat times or whatever it may be. And do you ever find you cr- that. Do you ever cross over the, say, for example, that like head into an obsession? So let's say we both of us do content. We both run our platforms. Mm. And like I've got loose targets that we're heading towards and I'm putting effort in to get there. But if I had more time, which I'll start to get because we're at the end of sales season now, I could easily start obsessing of like how many mm. were saved, how many were shared. How, and like, but it will get to a point where it's no longer enjoyable. I'm not doing it for, mm. I'm, like, this is enjoyable. It's fun. I was, yeah. like, you know, I was looking forward to, to doing this today. Likewise. But I could easily start obsessing with it and starting to find ways to try and refine it and, and become obsessed with it. Do you ever, do you ever let that with your training or your business or your targets take I'm, over? Um, I would say that I'm obsessed with self-development. I would say, like, I don't listen to music in the car. I listen to, if I'm not making calls, I'm listening to audio. When I'm in the shower, I've got a YouTube video or audio. All all I do is, not all I do, but I love listening to people and learning things from people who've done more than me. I absolutely love it. And that's just, so I would say that's an obsession. It's a healthy one. Yeah. Who, who do you, just to close off, who do you, well, two questions. One is, who do you follow and listen to? So we both talked about Andrew Tate, Joe Rogan, who mm-hmm. else falls into your sphere of or, or platforms like Diary of CEO? I mean, it changes all the time, as as you know. You, as everyone you, knows, you, yeah. you kind of like focus on someone and consume loads of their content, and then dies off a little bit. You got the next person, but I like Stephen Bartlett. I like Grant Cardone, although he's very American. Um, I like Andrew Tate. I'm listening to a lot at the moment. Joe Rogan's unreal. I love the different types of topics, the pyramids, and all that stuff. Like, if you watch that stuff, you'll go down a rabbit hole. Um, it was Brian Tracy was one of the originals. Yeah, you know his his stuff's unreal and it still applies to today. But I change it all the time. I listen to um, Jim Rowan's. Like, have you ever listened to Jim Rowan's G- stuff? Oh, like, unreal, absolutely world he's class. The, he's the OG. He, he is. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, yeah. And he taught a lot of the current people and a lot of the stuff that people say now. 
is just slightly tweaked from what he said back then. Well, I, get... d- I don't know if he got it from anybody else. I don't know if he was the originator of some of that type stuff. Or he got it from, what the, read the Daily Stoic, like some yeah, of the yeah, stuff, yeah. and there's like hundreds of years old. So did Jim Rohn just get it off them? It's all kind of passed down and tweaked, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a combination of repurposing models, but also it's like the basic practice of success and failure very predictable. The stuff that worked mm. 2,000 years ago in the Tao Te Ching that w- meant you had a good life and you were happy, Mm. You boil it f- through however many hundreds, however many centuries, and it still applies. You know, it's like Definitely. be happy with the aim of the game is to be happy with less, not wanting more. It's like, mm. and then just final one on life. You talked about um, kids, not you know, kids are very much part of your life, but they're mm. not your whole world. Mm. What would you say your priorities are when you think about like how many priorities do you have that you focus on in your life, and what order do they go in? Health and fitness, one hundred percent first. Nothing will change that ever because. You can't be a good dad or a good partner or a good business owner if you're unhealthy and you're unfit. You can't be. So health and fitness has to come first. First thing that goes in my diary. Second, relationship with my partner. Probably kids next and then then success after that. But it's probably the wrong way. Certainly earlier on, I would almost say that money and success came first. So I sacrificed health and fitness and relationships and kids and the pursuit of money. But that's definitely changed. I think fair play to you. I think it's. It, I think it's. I like the transparency and frankness of the conversation we're having, and also, it's. It's. I wouldn't say it's controversial, but it's not what a lot of people would say. But mm. the people that I know that have similar values to us, that's very much how they run their lives. And it doesn't mm. mean they're not a great parent or family man. It actually means they're a great parent and family man because mm. they're satisfied. They're, yeah. they're, they're they're doing their thing, and you know it's all well balanced. Nice, you're up. Uh, last one is uh, I've already kind of talked a little bit about sales, but you know you come across just to compliment you. I think your podcasts are great. I think the way you speak is really good. I think the way you break things down, analogies and certain things, the way you um, present things uh, is really good. Thank you. Um, so you're definitely good at sales. Thank you. Um, so sales for me is if you could pick one skill that anybody could have or that you could perfect. I believe sales would have the biggest impact. If you're just looking at a business and property perspective, sales would have the biggest impact on anybody in terms of the amount of success that you achieve. So how important is sales to you? And just your thoughts on sales. And I suppose, um, do you do anything to perfect your sales skills or anything like that? Um, So this is a fantastic topic. And uh, the workshop that we teach at the minute this time of year is called Sales Solves Everything. And it mm. basically means, you know, if you can turn the tap on, you can stay in business. You can have mm. the best systems, the best product, whatever. The till, till's not ringing, you're not going to make money. Mm. So that's good to know. Equally, I would say in business, I don't think it's the most valuable skill, um, mm. or, or at least it doesn't play to my strengths. So I'm not an actual salesperson. Um, I would say for me, I would say it's definitely your superpower. Mm. And you, you're happy going out sales. You can rally a sales team. You're probably, have you done wealth dynamics? You know what profile you are? Yeah. Um, you're Blaze. I think it was Blaze, yeah. It was a while back that I'd done it. Well, you, you, Pretty you, sure it was... Are you Blaze? Because I remember you, I listened to your podcast and you told us you were talking about it. So I'd done the test online and it was the same one. You was a Blaze. I know, I'm a Dynamo. So I think it might have been the same as you then. So it normally, it's sort of playing play, playing to our strengths. And uh, I would say if you're into sales, it may be... Mm. Lots of Blazes are into sales, meeting okay. people, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. doing, doing deals very sort of extroverted connection, transaction, magnifying activity. Mm. I would say for me, it's more about strategy. Like people can show me businesses, teams, whatever. 
all I care about is the strategy. Show me the business model, show me the market, show me the pricing. Like I'm re just obsessed with finding a model that actually works. Because like we talked about earlier, not all business models work. And we want to find that needle in the haystack where, like I posted on my Instagram at the weekend, Centre Parks are doing 42% net profit. Mm. And to be in hospitality in 2022, 2023. Net, net, not gross. Net profit. Net. Net wow. profit. To be doing that, you just... No wonder the prices are so high. Yeah, exactly. And always <laughs> yeah. full. That was the whole article. Yeah. Yeah. But the, how have they created an environment where people are living in sheds, lodges? Fair play. Yeah. Fair and play. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always exp it's ridiculously expensive for the mm. middle class. Like it's pitched for the middle class and they're always full. So I would say for me, it's strategy. With regards to... Go on. Sorry, I was just going to jump in there. But it's part of the strategy not to sell the product or service. Surely sales is the biggest part of the strategy. Well, I think the like the reality is most entrepreneurs are spending their life building businesses that don't make money mm. because they're running around. They know how to sell. If you can in 2023 in the UK, if you can do anything half decent, you'll put food on the fridge. You'll make sales. The whole economy is undersupplied. All of us are using rubbish chefs, rubbish, rubbish trades, rubbish suppliers. Because it's like you don't really have an option. The market's mm. so tight. I would say it's not an issue to make the tills ring and turn the tap on. The challenge is, is it a business that after you've paid all your expenses and the money's gone out, is there any water left in the bucket to have it as a mm. business? And I would say there's, you know, there's a reason 95% of businesses don't make profit and it's because they're not needling a haystack. Mm. So I would say, yeah, I, I just wanted to register that as a point. Um, yeah. As far as sales go, do I sort of practice it or refine it? Um, not really. I think there's like two parts, there's sales and marketing. And if I'm marketing is always the same tricks, just different tools. Mm. And what we've used the last 10 years has been social media, email marketing, funnels, flash sales, oversubscribe mm. strategy. And it and it continues to work. But every year there's new tools. So it's like this year we're using stealth webinars, you know, recorded webinars rather than live webinars. And you've got now different platforms and funnels and different ways to sponsor. We've gone... 10 years ago, we were using direct mail and getting nothing because everyone was spamming mm. everyone's letterbox. Nowadays, you send send a direct, direct mail out, gets huge uh, response rate because yeah, yeah. nobody's doing it. So that's like the marketing side, which I think is definitely changes. But sales for me is always... Uh, I Actually, the podcast episode I recorded before this was called Seven Figure Sales. Mm. And it's the blueprint that we use, which is RSC, which is rapport, sales conversation and close. And it's never really changed. I think that's the process that we use. And I think the biggest thing is don't try and sell salt to slugs. You know, don't try and sell mm. crap to people because it's always going to be hard slog. Whereas if you can create a world-class product, put it out in front of people who actually want it, develop rapport, have a sales conversation, and then actually ask for the sale and close, then it tends to work. That's pretty much my position mm. on it. What about yours? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could talk about sales and all day to be honest i just think it's such it's it for some reason i've I, certainly my perception of what the marketplace thinks about sales is kind of looked down upon or it's deemed not that important or a lot of sales people are looked at as pushy sales people that's maybe because of remember ppi remember all the calls we used to get on that yeah, yeah. that was horrific double glazing sales people car sales people nothing against it if you're listening and that's what you do but a lot of those people are perceived to be pushy sales people so then sales is kind of overlooked and it's looked and it's looked down upon. And I think sales is one of the highest paid industries and jobs you can get. So if you can, if you're stuck in a nine to five and you want a way out, 
getting good at sales, you could go into another sales job where you can get commission, where you can, a lot of the time, uncapped. You can earn yourself a good, good living by getting good at sales. But it's not just about money. If, if you want to go to this restaurant and your missus wants to go to this restaurant, whoever wins is sold why they should go to that restaurant, right? So Because if you, you and your missus go to the restaurant you wanted to, you've said to her something good about this restaurant to make her go to this one. If she, if you end up going to her restaurant, she sold to you why you should go to this restaurant, right? Selling courses, books, um, even someone to listen to this podcast, you've, you've done something for them to make a decision to listen to you in the future, right? That might be the way you've marketed it, it might be your strategy, but you're selling your ideas, your concepts, your whatever for them to come back. So everybody is in sales all of the time, whether you like it or think about it or not. These headphones, these microphones. So someone's probably did a video on YouTube about why this microphone is good. Somebody's then watched it and he's sold why this one is good. Reviews are selling. If you go and read reviews, they are saying why it's good or bad. They're selling why you shouldn't buy it or why you should. Have you followed much of Alex Hormozzi's stuff? Because he's been oh on a bit God. of a come up. He is unreal. Yeah, yeah so I he's definitely follow his that that hundred million dollar offers is unbelievable. What a book. Well, hundred million leads is coming out in, yeah, yeah. in August. So if you listen to that, it's literally well, it's what we do. Spend time giving away content mm. for free and then registering interest, looking for signals, not sales. Mm. And it's like, and I completely agree with what you said. It's uh, it's one of the highest paid roles. Like we, our <laughs> sales team earn tens of thousands if not into well into the six figures it's very well paid if you could if you can make me a million pound a year or two million pound a year will i pay you 100 grand 200 grand quarter of a million of course 100%. like why would you not so yeah it's yeah it's it's a very very yeah very very well paid role mm. and you'll, I, I you'll never so. go broke if you can sell and and you can move from company to company if you don't want to do it yourself you can you'll work your way up any organization, if you go to the, your CEO or your director and you say, if I bring in this much new business, can I get this much of it? Most business owners, one of my staff said that to me, I, I would entertain that conversation, definitely. Because like you say, there's there's good salespeople, there shouldn't be a cost to salespeople in your organization. They should be bringing in well over and above what it costs to employ them. 100%. And pay a commission. So get, getting good at recruiting salespeople is a, is a different thing. And keeping them. Obviously, salespeople are always... On, on to the next thing, up to the next level. I made you, you know, I earned 50 grand last year. I need to be making mm. 100 grand this year. You know, there's that there's that franchisee's remorse where they come in and they think you're the best thing since sliced mm. bread. For the first six months, you take the hit on their package. Then they start making their money and they get their return. And then after that, was the other way. they put the gun to your head and like, you know, I'm making, you know, I'm making you all this money now. And you're like, oh, you forgot about like two years ago. And they're mm. like, oh yeah, well, it doesn't matter anymore, does it? So they've like, got a short memory, sales staff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our experiences with 100 odd of them, you can imagine everyone wants to grow their own branch or do their own business or... Do you find they write people. their own narrative as well? They like create, they can create whatever story they want around. Obviously, it's good for sales. Because they're selling you the story though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like... <laughs> if they're really good, the it's story. convincing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. And they exactly. convince themselves. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's like... But 100%. it's, yeah, very high value. You couldn't, couldn't run a business without them. I don't understand... Like, you obviously love sales. I really don't like sales. I would say it's actually my weakness. If you look at like uh, strategy, mm. product, service, whatever, I would say like sales is probably one of my weakest because I don't really mm. enjoy doing mm. that. Like not at all. Well, I don't really enjoy doing it, but I'll do it when I have to. Although you know, we're running events this week. I'm not even at the event, let alone being on mm. the sales team. So, but um, I was going to say with regards to the mindset of a salesperson, mm. Do, do you think the salespeople actually love it? They love being in that role, love being driven, zero basic, high targets, like... 
Some of them do, yeah. I certainly loved it for a big period of time, and I would openly say I will do this for the rest of my life. Is it and, like a young guns game? To like, a degree, yeah. No I mean, kids, I, I six th- figures I, a year. Yeah, I mean, I think bottles of Bolly at the e- weekend. <laughs> I think energy levels from younger people are typically higher. So energy does come into play with sales 100% because to pick up the phone and get loads and loads of rejection and told to F off and all of that, it, it takes a certain type of person to deal with that much rejection and still pick up the phone and still keep going. You, de- you develop a really tough skin. Um, so that's definitely part of the mindset. Young people are, if you looked at all sales people, typically young people will do better than, than older people. But it depends on your market and what you're selling. So if you're selling funeral plans, for example, or wills, because we used to do that, as well as, as well as life insurance, if you're selling a will to someone, you couldn't, as a 20-year-old kid, you couldn't go and sit down with a 60-year-old and talk to them about yeah, resume, what the funeral. Yeah, yeah there's, there's got to be a common ground. And that comes onto a point of people buy off people who are the same as them and people buy off people who are... are um, so people buy off people that they like, first of all, and then they buy off people who are the same as them. So imagine if someone knocked on your door tonight... And he was a goth, for example, black hair, black nail varnish, nose rings, look completely different to you, right? Even if they were the best salesperson in the world and the best product in the world, instantly you think, oh, don't you? As soon as you open the door, you think, oh, don't you? No matter what, they before they open the mouth. Because that's because people subconsciously want people who are similar to them. Whereas if I knocked on your door, someone who else who was dressed similar or looked similar knocked on your door. It's not, oh, it's... What's this about? Yeah, it's nice. different, isn't it? I don't envy the roller coaster of salespeople. Like they have a great week and then the worst week of their life, oh. and you've got to play that it's game of managing with. their energy levels because it is it's a hard. roller coaster. Equally, I would say, just in that limited conversation, if you don't choose to niche down in sales, you definitely could because you know that stuff and get passionate mm. about it better than most people that I know. So, and I don't know anyone else apart from like the big, like Alex Hormozzi and that and Grant Cardone mm. that are banging banging it on. But sales in property, like you could absolutely smash that. Appreciate that. Right, last but not least, we're going to go for uh, a nice sort of uh, reflective one to finish. We're going to look at lessons mm-hmm. learned. Mm-hmm. So we've both been in this game for a long time. When we remember things, we tend to create mantras. We've shared a few of a mindset so that we try not to forget them. For the people that are listening for the last 10 minutes, for the last round, mm-hmm. what sound bites do you literally live and die by? You've learned the hard way because they cost you 10 grand or a million quid, and now you live and die by them, and we can share them with other people in the hope that they will achieve, you know, they, they, it will fast track their progress. Mm. Are we talking about business and property and life? Yeah, or which, or which yeah just, inge- just all different Business, ones. life, money, property. Um, one that jumped to mind when you said that straight away was logic, not emotion. So I think far too many people act on emotion or they act on ego, their glossy Instagram photos because they want a hotel or they want a glamping site. The amount of messages I get about the glamping site <laughs> and I say, don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. And you've had one. I didn't actually know that. You've had one and you're no longer Yeah, we have closed it. it down. Yeah, closed we sold it, it. It's a hard gig. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I think act with act with logic, not emotion, and make sure you do the numbers first. Don't do it. Don't get yourself into a business partnership, a joint venture with someone who you don't really know just because something's dangled in front of you of a potential this or potential that. You've got to sometimes take a step back. Don't rush certain decisions like that, certainly getting into business with people. I've been in businesses that haven't went well, and I've been in businesses that went well with other business partners involved, and money changes to people and time changes people. Um, so it might be all rosy now, but they might change or you might change with time. Yeah, and I think that's good if one. you do really if you become really successful financially, that might change them or you. Or on the flip side, if you're doing really well and you're in a joint venture, they could go bankrupt. Does that impact you? 
a similar one is e uh, economics over ego. Mm. So it's like loads of people in property, especially the young guns, are running around doing deals that don't make money because they'll make great Facebook posts. Like Crazy. ego over economics with the emotion one as well. One that when when we are younger in our career or people who are less self-aware and perhaps are less logical and more emotional is if you think about this, this is like a spiritual one from, you know, back in the day. And it says, um, much like the weather, it says, uh, it says, observe uh, your emotions. Don't absorb them. Mm. So like if you're irritable, you know, and you're about to have a go at your missus or your husband or your kids and you're irritable, you know, you observe it like, right, I'm irritable. I'm getting frustrated. Why is it? I didn't sleep well last night. My blood sugar's low. I've not eaten yet today. Whatever it is, and process it, deal with it, rather than just start snapping at people and mm. ruin everyone else's day because you're in a bad mood. Definitely. Look at that chimp paradox spoke to me when he said that. Listen, have you read that book? Yeah, yeah. Listen about the chimp and all of that. That's that's and I'm definitely guilty of that with the kids, by the way. Like I, I do believe in disciplining the kids and telling them off for stuff and not letting them get away with anything. But so, like I've just got back from Mallorca and I was irritable in Mallorca. Because the baby wasn't sleeping and because kids were just being kids. And I did snap at them a few times when I shouldn't have. But I think the difference between a lot of people on that point there is being self-aware enough to actually realize what they're doing. Exactly. Sometimes they get irritable at 9 a.m. and the, by 10 p.m. they're still irritable. They haven't actually realized what they're doing and why they're doing but it. But then that becomes their world, don't it? They then become, they then start to bask in the energy of negativity. And that what? becomes their identity then. And if they do it long enough, they just become a miserable, grumpy old person. Yeah, exactly. And it's who they are. And they love it. Um, like all that, you know, they, they're just stuck in it. Yeah, I mean, self-awareness is, is a huge one. What other like mantras and mindsets? I would say like one, one of mine would be slow down to speed up. It's one of those ones that nobody that. will ever listen to. Like nobody will ever listen. We want to go and buy the glamping site, do the hotel, but slow down to speed up. Like if you actually want to go faster, you need to slow down, look at the systems, look at the business, look at the strategy. And actually, by default, you will then speed up. So that you know, that's one that nobody listens to. I agree with that. It, it certainly at a lot of points, but there's some points where you have to just, I believe, that you have to just act with speed and not. You don't be reckless. I'm not saying that either. But but I definitely agree. Majority of the time, slowing down and speeding up is is something that nobody will really listen to. But it is needed. Yeah. Because um, if you get the foundations right, when you build this, how it ain't gonna fall. And if you want to make but, money, one of my mentors said it to me and I didn't listen, but mm. like he he made tens of millions of pounds twice over um, and he did that. So and said he wins the mm. race, whereas I would probably go running off and then have to clear up the mess. Mm. And yeah, you know, it, it always it is usually the better way. But equally, the opposite is what we call SOI, which is speed of implementation, mm. like bounce back loans. When we heard bounce back loans were getting released on like the Friday, we already had a brief created ready for the Monday morning. And every single one of our property entrepreneurs applied at like, they were getting released at 9am and our first one got money in the bank at quarter to nine before mm. they were even released. Yeah. So it's like that you have, sometimes you've just got to move. Mm, Other like mantras and mindsets like run through your ears, like lessons you've learned. M most mornings I write goals down in some form of mantra or gratitude list. And that changes with time and what's on those lists changes with time and depends on how you're feeling at the time. But I do write things down like, yeah, I'm the best version of myself in every part of my life because that applies to everything. If I keep writing that down and I believe that I'm the best version I can possibly be in every part of my life, I'll be the best dad, the best partner, the best businessman, the best property investor. If I, whether it's true or not, is, isn't the point. Just by you writing it down and reinforcing it in here, you, you become better just well, by doing that. And would you say that that is like a, a vision and something you work towards every day or is it more of a, 
Um, it is just trying to a conditioning mindset where you're trying to, you know, like when kids are told you can do anything you want and they grow up mm. believing they can do anything they want. Mm. And the first time they hit rejection, they're like, it seems weird. Do you mm. know what I mean? Because they have yeah. conditioned it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely conditioning myself, but I'm self-aware enough to realize that like if, if I don't achieve or I'm not acting or being the person that I'm saying I am, I know you know what I mean? I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to get disheartened or anything. I'm self-aware enough to realize that. But I don't think there can be a negative from you writing down that you're the best version of yourself every day. That can only have a positive outcome. Yeah, great. I, I, I suppose have, it was just out of interest. It was more like, do you feel like you're in that sweet spot where you are uh, the the sort of integrity or yeah, the integrity between who you want to be or who you're perceived to be and who you actually are behind the scenes? How closely aligned would you say they are? I think I've got, I think I'm not fulfilling my potential. No. I, I do believe that. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs have got that in them. They think they can do more. They think they can achieve more. I think I can, talking about sales, I am wrapping, I am niching down on sales and that's coming soon. I do believe that that's, I can, I can be more well known for what I'm good at, but it doesn't matter how good you are if nobody knows who you are. So you, yeah. <laughs> I've got to get myself out there. Um, so yeah, I, I think I've got a long way to go. I'm certainly not done yet. And I know we've talked about slowing down and you know doing less and stuff like that, but I might do less in property this year, but I'll do more in other parts of my life, best shape of my life. I'll do other things. I want to ramp up the online money. So so yeah, I just want to be the best version of myself and I want to keep, I'm not saying like this is, this version of Terry is the best version of me. Because then I think that I, it's just something over there. It's not really... Do you know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, absolutely. It's not like it's not a set. It's not a set amount of money. It's not a set amount of property or business profit. It's just the best version of me. So in six months' time, if we had another chat, what I perceive to be the best version of me would be different to what I perceive it to be now. Yeah, I get that. And I think that's got to keep going. And I, hopefully, I never lose that. And are you hopefully quite I've content in like with, with the whole sort of um, aspiration of constantly being uh, happy? Like Jim Rowan says, the secret to success is being happy where you are while striving mm. for where you want to go. And it's that balance mm. of actually I'm having a great time today. I'm, do, I'm, I'm being the best version of myself that I can, mm. but I'm heading in this direction because I want to get there. Or are you, do you have a restless sense of, I remember back in the day when I was like on my journey, today was like irrelevant. I was looking, I was looking forward to tomorrow. Mm. Like where would you say you are on that, that side of the journey? Definitely similar to you in terms of if you rewind if, five, six years, I was definitely, I wasn't thinking about today. I wasn't thinking about my partner. When I get there. Nothing. It was all about where I'm going. And that's like, it, it's not detrimental for your success. It's a positive if you just purely look at it from a success point of view, but it does have a detrimental effect to other parts of your life. 100%. So, so now I am very, very content. I'm definitely not complacent. I'm definitely not happy. No, I am happy with my levels of success this far. And I'm happy with my relationship. I'm happy with the way I look. I'm happy with my relationship with my kids. I'm ha I am happy with that. But that quote you said from Jim Rohn, love that by the way, is I definitely want more in every, not just I want to be a better dad. I want to be in better shape. I want to have a better relationship. Would you say you've got partner. that balance? It sounds like you've got that balance. I, I, do, I do believe. You're not wishing your life away thinking this time next year, I'm going to be. I, I certainly think from the people that I speak to, I've definitely seemed to have from what I know about them, a better balance than most people that I meet. Nice. Because a lot of people are either really successful with finances and money, but they're in terrible shape. Yeah. Or they have got a terrible relationship at home and the work loads or they go to the gym loads, but then they hate the missus or they hate the partner. I love me part. I love Louise. She's, she's, she's amazing. She's a business owner as well. First time I've been, like, 
got with someone that didn't actually try and stop us being mean, to hold us back. She encourages us to do more. I'm really happy with my, my personal life. Really happy with the way I look. Really happy with the businesses. They can always get better. I want to be in better shape. I want to have a better relationship with Louise. I want to have better businesses that make more profit. I want more properties. I always want more. Do you know what I'm trying and, to say? And is that but, just for the growth journey or you, do you think your life's going to change when you get there? 100%. My life will change before I get there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's It's yeah. always, always changing. And I think part of that, going back to what I said about being obsessed with self-development, I think that helps keep you onto the next thing, onto the next thing, but also keeping you... Because this conversation, hopefully this has struck a chord with someone to think I should be happy with where I am today as well as striving for more. So... So I'll listen to something like that maybe also, tonight, there is maybe just tomorrow. To, for those listening, there is that time when, like you said earlier, there's a time to move fast. There's a time mm. for being uncomfortable. If you're carrying extra weight, you're drinking too much, you know, you're not looking after yourself, you're in a relationship you don't want to be in, there is also a time to be looking at it and say, actually, do you know what? This isn't comfortable. Mm. And that, uh, that discomfort will push you forward. Just to finish, let's both uh, end on a sort of mantra, sentiment, quote, something mm. that you would accredit to your, you know, your success, something that, rings in your ears, uh, a lesson you learned the hard way or or, or something that, that w- works really well for you that would help others? You go first. Okay. <laughs> I need to take a think. <laughs> I would say, like, just going for the easy ones, which is all about wealth creation, is um, if you want to actually become wealthy and have the benefits of assets, income, financial independence, is it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. And it's mm, like, it's not that. all about chasing those big numbers. It's not all about growth. It's not all about revenue. It's not all about fast cars and mansions. It's like, I made most of my money in periods where I spent very little. Like I lived off, mm. I've lived off 50K salary for the last decade and that still hasn't Have changed. You? Yeah, I still, I still live on a 50K salary. Fair play. And it's like, it's enabled me then to go out and buy assets, pay down debt. Mm. I've only got 28% bank gear and it's like, but then you get to a point now where I've got a Rolls Royce outside. I've got, yeah. I go on whatever holidays I want because I've played that long game. The 10 mm. years of keep saving it rather than spending it, I can now spend whatever I want, hopefully touch wood forever. So I would say that mindset of if you want to get wealthy and you want to do it quick, it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep and play the long game, delay gratification, then flip the switch and have whatever you want. What about you? Mm. Spanish. I love that, by the way, about it's not how much you earn. It's Because there's people making 100 grand a year who are worse off than someone who's making 40. Because, yeah. because the spending more at 100, oh, it, it's it's a great one, that. And a lot of people need to hear that, I believe, especially salespeople. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, that's why they're so driven, because they spent they spunk yeah, it all. Yeah, definitely. Um, what sprung to mind was, again, it's something Andrew Tate said. I don't want to come across as obsessed with Andrew Tate yet, but I do love some of the stuff he says, and it really rings true with me. And one of the things that he says um is about building your own character. So he uses an example. I think he's six foot four, whatever he is, right? So he says, whether you're six foot four or you're five foot eight, you can you still have to be the best version of yourself. So you still have to be, you don't have to be, but it's still good to be wealthy, strong, fit, eat well, have a good relationships, be a good parent. So whether you're five foot eight or you're six foot four, you still need to do that, right? You're still going to build your character. So whether you look a certain way, if someone's listening to this or watching this and they look a certain way and they're feeling sorry for themselves and they think, I wish I could look like or be like or earn money like that person, but you, you can just be the best version of you regardless of what you look like. That shouldn't You shouldn't be labeling yourself with a certain way that you look and, and saying that you can't get to a certain place because regardless of how you look and regardless of where you started or where you are now, it's you and only you can change that. You can build, like, on, on, I don't play computer games, but 
but on computer games, you build on The Sims, right? You build your character, yeah, yeah. you build your house and build your world. You can still do that regardless of where you started, regardless where you live, regardless how much money you've got right now, regardless of the way that you look or your age or your weight, any of that. You can still, you can still, but you've got to understand that it, it's up to you. No one's going to come and just give you a six pack or give you a million quid. You have to do the hard work over a long enough time frame, like you're 10 years to get here. Like everyone wants it now and, the, and they'll be hating on people who are already where they want to be. But everyone at the top started at the bottom, right? Everyone at the top was wanting on the first ever property, the first ever business, weren't they? And there is that condition in peace just to finish is like with exactly what you're saying is uh, I think I forget who it was. Who it was on a video yesterday and it said like you want to be in a niche of one, which is like you mm. are the only Terry Blackburn. I'm the only Daniel Hill Definitely. and we've got our strengths, our weaknesses. We've got bits of our body and our face that we like, bits that we don't. But if we just absolutely own it, like in the studio today, I said to Josh, the last six rounds we did, I look really shiny. I said, have I got really greasy skin or is it like the <laughs> studio? And he goes, does my face look shiny? And I said, no. I said, so it's my greasy skin, is it? And he goes, yeah. So I was like, okay, fine. So I took a picture. I stuck it on Instagram. I was like, apparently I've got the shiniest face that ever existed. Because it's like, if, if it is what it is, you just go for it, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. So you just own that space. You know, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Absolutely banging. Terry Blackburn, Daniel Hill, six rounds. It's been a pleasure, Thank my man. Thank you. Likewise. Nicely done. Cheers, mate.